Welcome to Transformation. This is Don Wick from the Red River Farm Network, proud to host this podcast series. We thank CHS Community Giving for making our Transformation podcast possible. Transformation, of course, a partnership between the Red River Farm Network and the Minnesota Department of Agriculture, plus numerous stakeholders throughout our region. Our guest is Cynthia Christensen who is a therapist in southeastern Minnesota leading Oak Ridge Teletherapy. Due to COVID-19, farmers have been forced to do things that it's frankly hard to wrap our brain around. We've had dairy farmers dumping milk, hog farmers euthanizing healthy animals. Cynthia, tell me, what's that do to our psyche when we're, we're going through something like that? When I hear about those issues of euthanizing animals and, you know, dumping milk and disking up your tomato crop, I really think of that as kind of a next level of stress that we're dealing with in the farm and the rural community. And I would really describe it as trauma. Um, The definition of trauma is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. And I think what we're going through right now in those situations is really traumatic. And so it it makes me even more concerned for the emotional and psychiatric um, health of our rural communities and farm families. So is trauma different than, say, depression? I think it's another level. Um, Depression is a series of um, physical and emotional and behavioral symptoms that we experience when things are tough. But trauma, I think, is less frequent and so I think it's more um, unusual and therefore more disturbing. It isn't, depression is more of a chronic um, situation, can be, um, and varies in intensity, but um, I do think trauma is different. For, for those of us in agriculture, it's, it's hard to understand. I, I would think for the farmers that are, are going through this, it's got to even be more difficult helping others, that, letting others that aren't in the ag world understand why this is happening. I would agree, because I think even people in the ag community are having a hard time wrapping their heads around what's going on. And I think by nature, um, farmers are just into production, and there's a lot of misunderstanding about just normal production, Um, with groups that are not affiliated with the farm. So I think when this kind of situation happens, that's frankly never happened before, it's hard for everybody to wrap their minds around it. And I think there's um, some self-blame that can happen, like, you know, I must have done something wrong, or, um, you know, why is this happening to me? instead of thinking about it being, you know, truly a consequence of the COVID-19 um, experience and the shutting down of the packing plants, I think farmers tend to put the blame more on themselves than the situation. With that the, being the case, Cynthia, what, what fears do you have for those, those farmers and, and their employees that are, that are dealing with this personally? I'm, I'm just afraid that it's going to um, make them so sad and hopeless and depressed and withdraw from others and really just isolate, it's going to be really not good for their mental health. I can't even imagine what the, the farmers are experiencing that are euthanizing their, their livestock 
as I said before, everything about a farmer is about production. So taking a healthy animal that you've worked 24 hours a day, seven days a week to bring to um, the point where it can be marketed and then to not have that animal be able to be turned into food for people is really just going against everything that a farmer is about. So I just worry about how that affects their attitude about what they're doing and their um, contribution to the food food system. We've all seen the, the suicide rates amongst farmers. Do you see this as, as uh, having a factor in that as well? I do. I, I really... I've been worried for a while, but I'm even more worried with um, this latest experience that farmers are going through. And I think that we have done a good job in Minnesota of trying to educate people about signs to watch for um, when somebody's depressed or um, feeling, feeling down. Things like you noticing people worrying about things that they didn't worry about before. They aren't interested in doing things that they used to enjoy doing, like if they like to go fishing, now you can't get them to go fishing. You know, not being able to concentrate or make a decision, feeling sad, feeling anxious, being more irritable or angry, um, and then just thinking just really negatively. And then oftentimes, most of the time, sleep goes. You know, you either can't get to sleep or you wake up in the night and you start to worry about things. People can stop eating. They can, they're grooming goes goes to pot and then sometimes you notice things on the farmstead maybe they had things mowed up and their livestock looked really good and and now there's a change in that so we notice those kinds of things and with all of those symptoms you have to kind of take it in the context of what a normal situation for a person is but i think in in this level of stress i think we need to be more concerned about suicide as well and we watch for these signs and symptoms. But I think that sometimes people are very good at hiding their, their level of distress. And so I'm encouraging people in our rural communities and farm families to begin to have the courage to talk about suicide. If somebody's in a stressful situation, actually begin a conversation about, you know, how are you doing? Do you ever think things just isn't worth it anymore? And depending on the response to that, just really having the courage to continue to, to talk about it. Are they just feeling hopeless and that they're discouraged about waking up in the morning? That's called passive suicidality. When you just, as a consequence of how much you're struggling, you just feel like life is just really hard and it would just be better if you didn't wake up. And then there's the kind of suicidal thinking where people begin to have a plan. They think about how they would do it. Um, They begin to maybe gather supplies to do it. And then they begin to think about, you know, my family would be better off without me. And they start to tell themselves things that are really not true. But in the context of how hopeless they are, they begin to believe these things. And that active suicidal thinking is obviously much more dangerous than somebody who's passively suicidal. Both, it would be helpful to go talk to somebody, but um, obviously there's, there's more of a concern about completion of suicide. Just actually having that conversation, I think, um, is helpful in light of what we're dealing with. 
and you run the risk of somebody being mad at you or, you know, just saying, no, I would never think about that. Um, and if nothing else, you've taught them that you're a safe person. If they did get to that point, that they could reach out to you and, and have a conversation about how they're, how they're doing, which I think is really important. Well, let's talk about the, the resources that are available. You're a therapist. Uh, it's important that if someone's dealing with anxiety or depression or, or some of these stressors, that, that they seek help. Maybe sit down and, and visit with a, a therapist or a counselor or clergy or what have you. As you deal with your, your farm clientele, is it easy for them to, to make that step? Well, to be really honest with you, um, I started my therapy practice, and it's actually called Oak Ridge Teletherapy because my goal was to sit at my kitchen table and connect with farmers across the state of Minnesota and listen to what they're dealing with and offer suggestions about how they can cope with it. And I do have a, I will say, a thriving therapy practice, but right now I don't have any farmers in my therapy practice. So I think one of the most difficult things is farmers to even reach out to make the call to a therapist. And it can be really scary. You feel really vulnerable and you don't know what, what you're doing. So just to make the phone call, I think, is, is a big step. In my experience, when I have talked to farmers and farm families, it is such a relief to talk about what's going on with you that just that, that first session is so helpful because you just it's like you have the release valve um, and you realize that what you're going through is a normal process and that there are ways that you can get through it. So I think it's, it's sad that you know, it just takes so much to kind of make that initial phone call and, and connect. Even just the idea of going to a therapist, I hate to say it, but for many folks, no one wants to be labeled as, as crazy or I need to, be, I need to go see a, a, a counselor. Uh, that's got to be one of the big hurdles to overcome. It really is, and that's the word that most people use when they talk about going to a therapist is that somebody's going to think they're crazy, but really it's more about managing symptoms. So that, like when you have a heart attack, there's certain signs and symptoms that you're having a heart attack. You know, you're sweating, you have chest pain, that kind of thing. Same thing with emotional health or behavioral health issues. You know, there are there are symptoms. Like I said before, you can't sleep. Um, you don't enjoy things. You're feeling hopeless. So it's more about symptom relief than about getting a diagnosis from my perspective as a therapist. I feel like I'm more of a teacher than somebody who's trying to figure out what's wrong with somebody. Cynthia, do you think some of these issues have, have started to come out of the shadow somewhat and people are more willing to talk about it? I hope so. I, I think we're talking about it more I worry that we're still not reaching who we need to reach, and if anybody has any suggestions on how we can be more effective in getting information to farm families or just individuals, I think all of, you know, I would certainly be wanting to, to talk to that person. I think it's getting better. I th still think there's a lot of stigma, stigma surrounding it, though. For any of us, we go through anxiety. Mm -hmm. Are there some thoughts on, on how we deal with that, whether it's the extreme of having to put down animals or, or just dealing with the, the pressures of weather and trying to put a crop in the ground? Yeah, I like to think about anxiety as an emotion of the future. So typically when we feel anxious, it's because our thoughts are thinking about 
what ifs and what might happen. And typically we don't think about, you know, a bountiful harvest or, you know, you don't think about good stuff. You don't worry about good stuff. You worry about bad stuff. And that can just get you all stirred up and really a lot of fear. So one of the first things is just to recognize that you're thinking about stuff that's really too far forward that you can't predict. And just trying to bring it back, what do you, you know, what can you do today? What do you have control over today? You're not going to be able to predict what happens um, tomorrow or next week. I think the COVID virus has shown us that. So really just trying to bring it back to here and now can be helpful. And obviously that's a practice. It's easier said than done. But, But just the recognition of, you know what, I'm getting myself wound up for something that I don't know is even going to happen can be one of the first steps. First, just recognizing you're doing it. And then it sounds way too simple, but one of the best things to do when you're feeling anxious is just to take a deep breath. Taking a deep breath actually calms your body down, and then you can think better. Because when you get anxious and emotional, you're less likely to make a good decision. You get actually more irrational because your brain isn't connected the way it is when you're calm and, and thinking clearly. Just ways of calming yourself down. Also, distraction is a, a really good, it's a skill, actually. Um, if your thoughts are just racing or you're just worrying and repetitively, actually just do something, you know, whether it's go for a walk or, like I said, go fishing or check your crops or go out and do something on the farm that just takes your mind off things because um, you can't just worry 24 hours a day and have it be, be helpful. You know, you've just got to take a break from it. And then just connecting with people, I think, is also helpful for anxiety. Just engaging rather than isolating yourself. What kind of resources are out there for folks if, if they're looking for answers? You know, there's actually, we in Minnesota are very fortunate. Well, in the Midwest, anybody can access this. But the Minnesota Department of Ag has done a really good job of putting together help for you know, stress, anxiety, and depression, business, financial, and legal help. If you go on their webpage, they've got a lot of resources laid out there for people to access. And I think it's important during this COVID crisis that people stay informed about some of the financial help that's out there. And then also, um, I think we're really blessed in Minnesota to have two therapists paid for by the taxpayers, um, legislated in um, Ted Matthews and Monica McConkie, who people can access for free. It's confidential. They talk to you on the phone or see you in person, and there's no cost for that. So I think that's a, a wonderful place to start. They're well-versed in agriculture. They're what we call co- culturally competent. So if you're a farmer, it's really helpful to go to a therapist who knows something about farming that's really helpful. They, they get it. I would really encourage people to, to reach out to those two. It's a wonderful resource. No doubt. Some great information. Any, any final thoughts for us, some takeaway message, uh, Cynthia? Um, I think it's important to remember that we as farmers and farm people love to help people. But sometimes you're the helper and sometimes you're the help. And it takes both sides of that. So if you need help, please reach out for that help. Don't think you're the only person going through this and that there's something wrong with what you're doing. This is broader than that, and there is help out there. So um, please reach out for it. 
And then just a final thought, on a farm, there's no more valuable asset than a farmer. No doubt. Well, our thanks to Cynthia for being with us. Cynthia Christensen from Oak Ridge Teletherapy at Rochester, Minnesota. A reminder, you can hear all of our Transformation podcasts online at rrfn.com forward slash transformation. Our podcast also available on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. I'd also like to remind you that help is available if you are dealing with a very stressful situation. The Minnesota Farm and Rural Helpline is free and confidential. That helpline number is 833-600-2670. Links are also available on that Red River Farm Network website, rrfn.com forward slash transformation. This project is funded by CHS Community Giving. Transformation is a partnership between the Red River Farm Network and the Minnesota Department of Agriculture, plus numerous stakeholders throughout the region, including the North Dakota Corn Council, Minnesota Corn Growers Association, North Dakota Soybean Council, and Minnesota Farmers Union. Until next time, I'm Don Wick.